Hello, MFI family. It's me, David Canastracy. I'm really honored to have a few minutes to share my heart with you uh, through this message. And uh, today I want to talk to you about one of the most important principles that I've ever learned in my life. And I'm going to tell you the story of how I learned that principle. But uh, before I do that, I want to say this is my 10th year with our MFI family. And I am really blessed by this opportunity, but also the rich fellowship and, uh, you know, the strength that Gateway City Church, the church that I pastor, has received from all of our leaders, Pastor Frank and Bob and John John and all the leaders of MFI. You guys are doing an amazing job, and I'm privileged and honored to be a part of you now for 10 years. And actually, this is also my 40th year, finishing my 40th year of full-time ministry. That's amazing. And in all those years, 10 years with MFI, 40 years total preaching and leading God's church, I have to say that this last year <laughs> has taken the cake. I mean, 2020 has been a year like no other year. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to describe the events of the pandemic, the pressures, the stress that it brought to our lives, our families, our churches, how it worked on us financially, how it pressured us emotionally and in every way. And then just as soon as we thought we were adjusting to that, we had those heartbreaking injustices that took place over the summer. And we were reeling to try to understand what had happened and minister to our people and trying to make sense of everything. And now we're coming through this heavy, crazy political season that we've just been through. And I mean, the crazy hasn't stopped yet. It's still going on. We're living with stress and pressure. And, and for those of you on the West Coast in Oregon and California, you've suffered through fires like we did, days and days of, you know, living in the smoke and the sky darkened. I mean, it's been one thing on top of another. And so I just want to begin by saying, if you're stressed out, and if you feel a little exhausted, and if you feel like maybe a little bit empty, I totally get it. I get the pressure. I get the stress. I've, I've felt it too. It's been an unusual year. I sat with uh, 10 MFI leaders just a few weeks back, and we talked for three hours about what it has felt like to try to find God, find our way in ministry during this time. The uncertainty, the disorientation, the pressure, the grief, you know, from some of the things that we've lost, the pain, the stress. Every pastor I know has felt it. So I, I include myself in that. And if you're feeling that way, I get it. 2020 has been rough. 2020 has been a difficult, difficult year. It's been a year, I would call it a year of broken places. But do you know what I also believe is that God is about to turn that around. I believe if we do our part, and I'm going to talk to us today about the power of our words, what we say, and the kind of faith that we have. I believe if we do our part, God is about to change the story big time. He's about to flip the enemy's script and turn things completely around. And that brings me to that principle, that truth, that game-changing lesson that I want to share with you in this brief message. It's something that I've discovered, and I found it in Ezekiel chapter 37. So if you have a Bible or a digital device, follow along. I'm going to read about the first uh, 
10 verses or so. You know this, you know this passage uh, very well, and I'm going to call this talk to you as a leader. I'm going to call this prophesy to your broken places. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came to them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. A valley of disconnection. A valley of dry bones. A valley of broken places. Nothing connecting. Nothing coming together. And then with the word of the Lord, things begin to move. And resurrection and life and restoration comes. This is more to me, than just a picture of God raising up his people Israel out of their exile, bringing them back and forming the nation again and giving them life. This, for me, is a picture of how God moves in our broken places. It's a picture, to me, of the work of the Holy Spirit when there is nothing to work with and how God can bring something out of nothing. How does he do that? I look at this story and I find three things that I just want to share with you. I think it's important for you as a leader to understand these three things from this story of how God moves in our broken places. Number one, he reveals our brokenness. He reveals it. The Holy Spirit is showing Ezekiel, forcing him to look at this grotesque picture of a mass grave, death. No good Jewish prophet or priest would want to be anywhere near bones or death. 
And God causes Ezekiel to walk up and down the valley. And he brings him all the way through it, close to the bones. He said, I want you to look at it. I want you to see where, where things are. And I can imagine Ezekiel as a holy prophet saying, God, I don't want to be here. I don't want to touch this. And why do I have to look at this? This is horrible. Can't you show me something else? Show me a, a vision of restoration. Show me something beautiful. But God makes him look directly at death and makes him walk through a place of death. Why does he do that? He begins to reveal the brokenness of the situation around him. You see, God wants us to look directly at the brokenness. He wants us to size up how bad it really is, so that in the end, only he can get the glory. God is about to do a miracle. He's about to do something great, but he doesn't want that tendency in you and I, which is to minimize or to deny how bad it is. You know, we have that habit sometimes. We like to, we like to play things down. We like to say things aren't really that bad. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. But in our heart of hearts, we're dodging the truth. The truth is it's been really bad. The truth is it's really dead. The but the truth that it's really dead doesn't frighten us because we know Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Death doesn't bother the people of resurrection because they understand it's their testimony. The testimony of every Christian is that we have been broken and that we have been scattered and that we were dead without Christ. And if you love Jesus, your testimony is that he picked you up and put you together and brought things together. And where there was death, he has brought life. And you as a leader have seen him do this time and time again. What I'm saying to you is we don't have to be afraid of how bad it is. God actually makes us look sometimes at the, through the eyes of reality to say, you know, this is really bad because in the end, he will get the glory and so, the first piece of this is, look exactly at the problem, look directly at it, and watch what God is about to do. You know, one of our great verses that we in Restoration Theology and Latter Rain Theology, we love so much, is uh, Amos chapter 9, verse 11. Remember that one? The kingdom of David is like a fallen tent, and it talks about how he's going to restore. But I found a, a translation of Amos 9:11, the ICB, it says this, listen to this. It says, the kingdom of David is like a fallen tent, but in that day I will set it up again and I will mend its broken places. Hallelujah. <laughs> I will mend its broken places and I will rebuild its ruin. I will rebuild it as before. So I'm asking you as a leader, if your tent feels like it's drooping or falling a little bit, just to hold on and to see, see what the Lord wants to mend the broken places of your life, of your ministry, maybe your family, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to look directly at it and say, this is where I'm at. And Lord, I'm looking to you for a miracle. The second piece of this, of how God works to move in our broken places, not only does he reveal our brokenness, but then he asks us about our faith. Did you notice what he said to Ezekiel? He said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Here's a key for our life. A key for our life is faith. 
God requires faith before he works in our broken places. God wants to heal, but he's looking for our faith. And I know some of us feel so empty of faith as leaders. We, you know, I, I hope your heart is full. But if we were honest, kind of like uh, Ezekiel had to get honest, there are times where our faith supply feels so challenged and so drained by everything we've been through. But I believe God wants to ask that question. What do you think can happen here? What do you see happening for your church? What do you see? Can your church live? Can your ministry live? Can your city live? Can your family live? What do you believe that I can do? And I can tell you that uh, when all this first began, we were just a few weeks in. It was maybe late March or somewhere around there. And boy, the reality of this COVID thing on our church and our family was really settling in. I woke up one morning and it was like the word of the Lord was just there. I, I think that's a precious time when you're first waking up. Sometimes the Lord will speak to you. And, and the word of the Lord came to me in a very unusual way. I want to give it to you. He said to me, you've got to believe the shot is there. Just like that. Nothing before it, nothing after it. You've got to believe the shot is there. And that was one of those things... It stayed in my spirit and I made my coffee and I, I kept hearing it. It was like playing in my mind. You've got to believe the shot is there. I won't tell you all the research I did, but I, it sounded like a basketball statement to me. And I'm not really a basketball person, but the picture that I got as I meditated on that word is that of a guy who's got the ball and he desperately needs to score, but he's surrounded by pressures. People are crowding him and elbows are flying and the clock is running out. And at that moment, you've got to have a faith that you can get a shot. You've got to believe the shot is there. Talking to you about faith and leadership. Because if you don't believe the shot is there, you won't take the shot. And if you don't take the shot, you can't score. And so faith is everything. When the heat is on you, my brother, my sister, when, when you're feeling crowded and you're under pressure, as many of you are right now, you've got to believe that the shot is there. And I will tell you over these last seven, eight, nine months, as I've faced difficulty after difficulty, cho choice after choice, should I advance? Should I retreat? Should I hold my ground? The word of the Lord kept coming back to me and I re remember that phrase, you've got to believe the shot is there. You know, God works with our faith and we've got to believe. These are tough times. But I, would, I just want to speak faith to you. First of all, the gospel that you preach is the answer. There is no other message. There is no other philosophy. Do you know how important what you do is? What you as a communicator, as a leader in the body of Christ, what you share, the gospel, when it comes to the race problems, when it comes to the economy problems, when it comes to brokenness and family problems and everything, only the gospel can change the story. Only the gospel can change our hearts. And your church, your church has never been more important. What you are doing is so important. Your church is so important. Your message is so important and you are relevant. You are vital. If there was ever a definition of an essential worker, my brother, my sister, it's you. You are essential and you've got to recapture that place of faith. What I'm saying to us is 
It's time to believe what God has said. It's time to get out the prophetic word that he spoke to us, the vision, the dream that he gave to us. And even though it got dark and even though it, it, it's like grave time and grotesque disconnection time, God still is able to deliver on his word. And that story of the resurrection that is the centerpiece of our faith, it's the centerpiece of our gospel, is that life always comes out of death. And as sure as I'm standing here, if you will believe God, if you believe the shot is there, you're going to come back stronger than ever. You're going to reclaim your future because you're believing what God has said to you. So he reveals our brokenness. He asks us about our faith. And here's the third piece of this. He challenges us. He commands us to prophesy. Wow. He said to Ezekiel, I want you to speak to these bones. I want you to prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? To prophesy means to speak the word of God too. Speak to these bones. I can imagine Ezekiel saying, God, you've got the power. Why don't you do the miracle? But see, God puts the ball in Ezekiel's court and he said, it's up to you to not only believe what I've said, but speak it. And there is something about the words of a leader. Can I just say this to you? There is something so powerful about not just believing it, but speaking it, prophesying to the broken place of your life. My God in heaven, our words are so important. And may the Lord forgive us for every idle word. The Bible says that we're going to give an account of our idle words, the things that we shouldn't have said that we said. God forgive us. But how much more important is it that when we speak a prophetic word, when we prophesy to a broken marriage, or we prophesy to a disconnected leadership team, or we prophesy, we speak the word of God, the promise of God, even to ourselves, how powerful is that? Let me tell you, when I realized this principle actually of prophesying to the problem, where it first changed my life was my wife, Kathy, was very, very sick. She was in incredible pain. She had uh, pain in her esophagus. We went through every test. We prayed. We fasted. We tried medicine. We talked to people. We tried uh, nutrition. Nothing was working. And the pain was getting worse and worse and worse. She would wake up in tears. I would put her to bed in tears. She had severe pain all day long. I was at the end of myself. And I came on this passage. And I heard the Lord say, prophesy to that thing. You've prayed. You've asked. But you haven't prophesied. And I'm telling you, I got down. And I spoke to her esophagus. And I commanded that thing to be healed. The doctors had no clue what to do. We couldn't find the problem. And within 24 hours, my wife Kathy was miraculously healed. You say, is that voodoo? Is that 
Is that charismatic witchcraft? What is that? Is that valid? Is that theologically correct? Can you talk to it? Well, it sounds like you can to me when I hear the words of Jesus in Mark eleven twenty three, 23. And he said, for surely I say to you, whatsoever, whenever you say to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. You got to believe the shot is there. Does not doubt in his heart but believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Our words are so powerful. And the words of a leader weigh a thousand pounds. When we speak an idle word, it's a terrible sin. But when we speak a prophetic word, it's like a cannonball from heaven to just begin to change things. And that's why God said to Ezekiel, you prophesy to these dead bones. You prophesy to this disconnection. You prophesy to the broken places around you. And it says, as I prophesied, hear, hear Ezekiel's testimony, as I prophesied, I heard a sound of a rattling and things began to come together. What's the message? What's the message as we prophesy as we speak to the dead, dry, disconnected things within our sphere of ministry, God is going to do amazing things. You know, as we come to the end of this year, 2020, a lot of us are glad it's over, <laughs> but we're facing a brand new year. We're going to do this all over again in some other form that God has planned for us. And now we're putting our calendars together. We're meeting with our teams and we're talking through our strategies for 2021. And I want to say to each and every leader hearing the sound of my voice, I want you to look right at the broken places of your team, right at the broken places of your finances, maybe the broken places within your family and your relationships and the broken places of loss, unexpected loss in 2020. And I want you to talk to your life. I want you to talk to your team. And I want you to talk to your church. And I want you to speak that powerful word of God. And I want you to prophesy to your broken places. And I'm going to promise you, based on everything that I've learned and based on the authority of God's word, as you prophesy, things are going to begin to come together. Things are going to begin to come together and you're going to see God fulfilling his word. My prayer for you, my MFI brothers and sisters, how I thank God for you. And I know you're not falling apart. I know you're strong, but I don't want you to blink. When it comes to 2021, I don't want you to blink. I want you to look right at it and prophesy to it. This is going to be a year of blessing. This is going to be a year of restoration. This is going to be a year when things really come together and that army is going to rise and those bones are going to be covered with flesh and that thing is going to live and the breath is going to come into it and it's going to be strong. Amen. That's my prayer for you. I'm proud of what you're doing. What you're doing is so important. Now let's double down and let's make 2021 a year for things to come together 
miraculously. We'll know it wasn't us. It wasn't even our words. We'll know that he will get all the glory. I love you, MFI. Take this word and be strengthened and make 2021 the greatest year ever. God bless you.